comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs, and one. Cal up top, Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Watson, and a foul! This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. What is up, Aztec fans? Welcome to the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Trone. I'm joined, as usual, by Kyle Kinslow. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Two weeks in a row. Look at us. We're just regular podcasters over here. <laughs> we gotta get... We gotta get uh, somebody blue wire or something to, to come sponsor us now that we've done two weeks in a row i think that's all it takes right yeah oh yeah um today we're going to be looking at the wing players last week we looked at guards if you haven't yet go listen to that show i thought it was pretty good today we'll be looking at, at the wings uh before we start make sure to do all the like follow subscribe all the stuff on all the things we're on itunes we're on spotify um we're on google play I have my website, aztecbreakdown.com. Go check that out if you haven't. Um, do all the good stuff. Really appreciate all the support you guys give. YouTube, Twitter. Kyle is at Call Me Kinslow. I'm at Aztec Breakdown. So do all the things. Uh, before we get into the wings, there were two relatively quick announcements. The first one is the Aztecs, uh, well, they didn't announce it necessarily. It got announced for them, but the Aztecs have a very high quality opponent this year. They are going on the road to play Michigan, uh, which is the school that Brian Dutcher coached at and won a national championship at with the Fab Five way back in like 1990, I think it was. Um, very high quality opponent. By the time you're listening to this, it's very possible that the rest of the schedule has been revealed. Uh, Dutcher said in a radio interview that it's it's all set. They just haven't announced it yet. Um, so that's the thing. Kyle, how do you feel about going on the road and playing Michigan? I am very excited. Yeah. I want to first, before I say anything else, I want to give a huge, huge shout out to the University of Michigan. Because ever since the Aztecs won at Allen Fieldhouse, we haven't been able to get a single game on the road versus any opponent, any big name basketball school. We haven't gotten one since then. That's I think, like I mean, Gonzaga is the only one. And they weren't like as big when they, you know, that was four or five mm -hmm, years ago before they mm -hmm. had their really good run. Exactly. So huge shout out to Juwan Howard, who I think is really one of the rising stars of, of college basketball coaching. I mean, they just giving them some love for a second. They replaced a, a incredibly underrated coach in Beeline with a guy who's turning out to be a star. Like, good for them. Um, but I'm really excited, man. I think Michigan, you know, they just lost a lottery pick to the draft, but they still have some talent, I'm sure, on that roster. And are they preseason top 25? I sure, I'm sure they are. I don't think they've released it yet, but they, I mean, they have to be, I would guess probably yeah. top five. Honestly, they still have, I don't remember his name, but they have their big man who is a Ken Palm top 10 player. He's like a seven Vog one center. Did, oh yeah. Yeah. That guy came back. Um, Dickerson or Dickinson, something like that. I want to say yeah. um, we won't get into that too much. Now the rest of the schedule will be released and we'll, we'll dive into the schedule uh, later, but just, just big time, exciting news. Cause that's like a big time marquee game that. Yeah. Um, if the Aztecs win, that's a game you, you, 
hang your hat on. That's like the resume yeah. builder. And even if you lose it, it's not the end of the world because you just lost to a top five team. You know, yeah, like, and I and I think there's they're in the San Diego State's in the weird spot. There's all this conference realignment talk. Mm-hmm. And if we're not on national TV, you're not gonna get exposure. And yeah. The, the Aztecs are playing games at eight o'clock at night on CBS sports network. So any mm-hmm. exposure for the program is good. And I, I mean, look at the trajectory of the program after the, the Kansas win, like it, it went up a level, right? It, it just went up another level. It, it, Josh Davis dominating at Allen Fieldhouse was literally a game that I'll remember for the rest <laughs> of my life. Right. And I remember that's like, People talk about moments that dunk that uh, Skylar Spencer had that like iced the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was just like an incredibly proud moment of an Aztec fanhood. So, can they win? I mean, it's bet college basketball, right? Anyway. Will they win? Probably not. But I think there's not a single person who should look at this in a negative light. Like I'm, I'm very happy about it. I would rather us get our butts kicked by Michigan at Michigan than us playing some random school that you've never heard of Mm -hmm. uh, on a $2 Tuesday at Viejas. So I think it's a good move and I'm excited about it. It's yeah, it's big time news. It's very exciting. And the thought of potentially getting a win is like salivated. So I was actually watching that Kansas game the other night, just like to fall asleep to it's on YouTube. So if you want to get all nostalgic, go on YouTube and find it. It's, It's a great, great win on the road against Kansas. Um, other news, Adam Seiko is playing currently in, I think it's called like Afro Basket or something. And we mentioned Half that before. Con, Half Con or we, something like that. We, we mentioned that before. Um, he's playing with the Uganda national team. They are currently, they had three games originally for like their, not exhibition, but like seeding games, I guess. I don't know what it was. They went two and one in those games. And then earlier today, as we record on Tuesday, they played again in the quarterfinals of like whatever playoff system they have. Um, And Seiko has been lighting it up. I personally haven't been able to watch any of the games, but just seeing what other people post on Twitter, it honestly seems like Seiko is the best player on their team. It seems like he's, I don't have the stats, but it seems like he's shooting like 75% from three, something ridiculous. ridiculous. I'm sure it's not, I'm sure it's not that high, but it just seems off the charts, unsustainable. Um, and then you said you were watching earlier today and one of the announcers said something that was really encouraging and I'll let you share it. Cause you heard it. Yeah. So it was a game uh, last, week, last week and the announcer, uh, he made, he made two step in three pointers from like NBA range. So first off, great segue from last episode where we talked about, we felt his confidence may have taken a, a hit or his, his numbers just, didn't weren't very good for his standards after, you know, the start of the season to see that was like eye opening, but then to see like legitimate people, because you can't just, you're not just anyone. If you're on an MB, if you're on a a basketball broadcast say like, Oh, I think they need to run the offense through him was, was staggering. And their team's actually, uh, I think it's Mike Schmidt Schmitz or air. What's his name? Schmitz. He's like an NBA insider. Yeah, he, I think it's Mike Aaron, Schmitz or Mike, Mike Schmitz. Something. Yeah. I don't know. I could probably uh, look it up real quick. Mike Schmitz. He's he. Ba- Mike Schmitz is his name. I was right. Cool. So he is the guy who they've basically put on the uh, NBA draft 
the ESPN has put on the NBA draft is like the guy. He's like their Mel Kuyper. He knows about mm-hmm. every single one mm-hmm. of the players. He has breakdowns and rankings and stuff. He's not Jay Billis. You know, Jay Billis doesn't do all that, but he's coaching. And, and I mean, that guy is one of the smartest. I just hear him talk about basketball and it's at that. He uses language that's elite. He's open to using metrics and stuff to determine his opinions and stuff like that. So huge boost for Adam. I mean, I didn't even really expect him to play. And here he is getting a really good experience. They're winning, right? They just beat Nigeria who they beat. I mean, obviously it's not the same team, but Nigeria beat team USA, like in, 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 in Olympic warmups. Like that's crazy that that team, like a Seiko team would beat them. Um, but it's just exciting. I'm really happy for him. I hope that, you know, he can bring that, that leadership and that experience that he hopefully I'm, I mean, we're all rooting for him to win the whole thing. Right. So, um, if he can bring that just experience and help it kind of change the momentum of his career, I think that's huge for Aztecs, but most importantly for Adam himself. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very uh, happy for Adam. Like you said, the experience will be huge. I think you said, all. Oh, I don't need to add anything to it with that. I think we're good. Let's get into the wing players for today. Um, and let's start with the shiny new toy that is Chad Baker. Chad Baker, I don't know, Kyle, if you've had a lot of opportunity to watch any full games or highlights mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know on paper when Chad Baker first announced his, you know, he was coming to San Diego State or when it was first announced. Uh, you know, I looked at the stats. It's always the first thing I do right off the bat. And he was a 40% shooter from behind the arc at uh he came from over from duquesne um and i was like this is awesome like that's a guy who who maybe won't exactly replace shackle because shackle is otherworldly from behind the arc and would do it in all sorts of different ways but at least in like a spot up sense like catch and shoot guy plug him in the corner um he has great size at six seven and so he has a lot of tools when i got into the tape there were some moments where i thought the defense was lacking i thought that uh especially against like smaller shiftier guards he can get blown by. And so we'll see what happens. It's very similar to our conversation last week about Matt Bradley, where I'm like on tape, I have some concerns, but also the coaches know what they're doing and they're not going to bring somebody in who, who, uh, you know, they don't think can defend, right. They're going to bring people in who they think can defend. Um, So those are my, like my quick takeaways is that he's a great shooter and he might need some work on defense. And that was, that was about that, you know, that was the gist of it. What do you have? Yeah. So I, I think I'm right. I right there with you, you know, he's going to need to get better at defense, but you're coming to the defensive program. Like I think he's going to get that bump maybe more so than anyone, because last year he was really playing against guards for the first time in his life um, as a six ten forward in, you know, he's from, I think, Dominican Republic, right? Six, seven. Yeah. But yeah, he is from Dominican Republic. So he's not, he's probably playing center Mm -hmm. on his high high school school. team or his travel team in the Dominican Republic. And then he moves to the States and last year was his really first year where he's a three guard. So Mm -hmm. you're, you're going from having to guard guys, your size to guard guarding much smaller individuals. And so I feel like you could totally see a lot of his mistakes were new. Like I call them new mistakes. Like he's not 
really good at anticipating where the, mm-hmm. where the, the ball's going to go, or those are just things that you just pick up with time. And I, I he's going to get a, bo- a boost playing for SDSU. I think that's just kind of a natural boost that everyone gets. He is a great, he's not a great athlete in the sense that like, he's not Kashad Johnson. No. He's not that elite, but I think he's really good. I watch him and it screams small Malik Pope to me. He's got a lot of the same moves in the sense that he likes to get catch the ball, square up his defender and hit that jump shot. You're going to notice first thing off the bat, he's left-handed. So I just think left-handed shooters just look prettier. I don't know how <laughs> much that is. It just might be something different, right? Um, but he's a lefty. I think he's got a really good like one dribble pull-up game. I think he's got some things he can work on, but he also is just a player the Aztecs needed to sign. They needed to get somebody to play this three position. Does he fit, you know, what the Aztecs have run as a three over the last couple of years? Absolutely not. But I think that's kind of a theme with this team is we really don't know what it's going to look like, which is why it kind of led me to believe we're going to run a lot more. But even so, I think that the things that really pop on the tape are he's got a really good offensive game that can still be improved on. He can shoot the three ball with confidence, um, and he definitely needs work on the defensive end. But there is there are flashes. I think he's a, a, a I think he definitely is better like as an off ball defender, which you know we've talked about other players in the Aztec program like that. Um, I just think there's a lot of positives, right? And yeah. he could be somebody yeah. who's he's here for not just next year, right? He's here for some time and he's going to be a valuable part of this SDSU team moving forward. He has four years of eligibility left because last year he was a freshman and with the COVID rules, you get to play five years in a six year span rather than what it was as four years in a five year span. So potentially, and that that's the same for Butler and Dinwiddie and Shea Evans. So assuming they all, you know, th- th- there's a potential that between Baker, Butler, Dinwiddie, and Evans, those are four players that end up playing for the next four years for the Aztecs. There's a potential mm-hmm. there. I don't think it happens. I think between the four of them, one will transfer or one will leave early or something. Um, just, you know, statistically speaking, that's, that's probably what will happen. But um, yeah, a lot of, lot of great future potential there between those four players. I and, do think... And- I I want to add timeline in sports is really important and it's something that doesn't get talked about enough, but when you have young talent, finding complementary pieces that are on the same trajectory Mm -hmm. that can grow with them Mm -hmm. in college basketball is arguably one of the most important parts about building a team. Just look at the, the perfect example is Matt Mitchell and Jordan Shackle. Mm-hmm. We just, just came that. we just came through two players who played together a lot. And then when it was time for them to really be the guys, they had four year three years of experience playing. They had three years in the program and I think we all can agree stepped up rather nicely their senior season. So the timeline it matches and that's huge. I do think for this year, 
it's tough. I think Chad Baker's role, we might find that it's best as like a stretch forward type of player. Yeah. And he can pull out those defenders and his defensive limitations are, you know, minimized by bigger, slower players. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but he should be capable of playing some of that small forward role as well, at the very least in spurts. So definitely. That's a theme. That's kind of a theme that we're going to talk about when we get to Kashad Johnson, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is that the next person we're going to go into. I was going to save him for okay. last. Okay. Then we'll I talk think. about him last, but he he's a guy that is very similar. Like we're talking yeah. about him in the wings, but is he probably better as a forward? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so next up we have Shay Evans, who I think is different. I think Shay's best position actually would be at small forward. The issue with Shay Evans, as, as we saw, and we mentioned this before, like you were super high on Shay coming into his freshman year. Um, and he, you know, he has a lot of potential. He was pretty highly recruited before he got injured, and that really slowed down the whole process. He's healthy now. Um, you know, I've mentioned multiple times on the show about how people in practice have been telling me, like, Shay's looking really good, so we'll see what happens. I do think his best position is at that small forward. He's 6'5", he's like 210 or something like that. Um, if he's healthy and if he's ready to go, he might make some noise and he might be a player that that fans, you know, from last season kind of forgot about because he was the last scholarship player, right, to come off the bench. Um, yeah, so so Shea Evans will be will be interesting. It's hard to like go too deep into him because there's no tape to go off of. What are you are you like knowing that he's fully healthy now? Or are you expecting any type of a jump? Are you have you heard anything? What's going on? Yeah. So when we were recruiting him, I watched a lot of his like ball is life. You know, those Mm one-off basketball websites that go to AAU tournaments and have someone standing under the basket with their cell phone video. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Um, I watched a lot of that. And when I would just even see him warm up, it just seemed to me like he was moving in second gear. And I'm wondering now if we're going to get the more crafty athletic version of Che that I saw as a, as a senior in high school, as opposed to the guy who just looked like, and this is just me basing it off warmups because we really didn't even get to see him in live action that last year, (laughs) just the movement, right? The, the quick, he's got this like really quick, almost guard-like first step for a guy his bit, his size. And that's his move that he would abuse in high school. He'd basically get the guy on him, they'd D him up, and he'd go right past him in one step. And I'm very hopeful that he can return to that level. He's a guy that I planted my flag on early last year. I thought he was going to be – I literally was talking about him being a contributing member of the team. I do. I'm with you too. It's, it's like all of our, all of our wings. I do think they're better at a four than they are the three, but if there's a guy on this team that can play that three, four role other than Chad, I think it's gotta be Che, right? I I, I do actually think Che would be better as a three than a four. I think he's okay. like the one exception. All right. Just from what I've seen and what I've heard, I do have, I do have a quote from someone who said, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm always hesitant. And I've said this many times, like I'm hesitant to believe this quote until I see it, but it was something along the lines of like, 
he is defending at a high level, which is super important for the Aztecs, and that he is the best shooter on the team outside of Matt Bradley. So, well, if that's I mean, the case, then he's going to be if, playing a lot. Yeah, he will play a lot. If that's true, I'm hesitant to believe it as of now. I didn't get to see him at all in Swish. So there's that. But, you know, if there's any truth to that, he should be he should be playing because this team needs both perimeter defense and shooting like that's those are two things they need a lot of. So, um, yeah, there's that. I definitely think that his outcome, I don't know if, if, if it's poor will determine the floor of the team, but if he like has this season that I think a few, like I'm kind of hoping for it. And based on the quotes, like they're all good. They're all really positive. If he hits, like if he hits this year, that immediately elevates where this team could, could end up. Um, he's like the huge X factor mm-hmm. this year, almost the way, almost the same way that we were talking about, like, I don't know, who are we talking about as the big X factor for last season? I, was it, was it, um, Pulliam? I think it might've been Pulliam. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Which so worked if, out really well towards the yeah. end of the season. Yeah, exactly. Like literally peaked at the right time. So it's, he's a very interesting player. I think of all of the people that we're talking about, he's the one that can surprise us the most. Definitely. Definitely. Cause we, cause we haven't, we haven't, we haven't seen really him. Seen yeah. He hasn't There's had nothing. any floor time. Like, yeah. like Baker, you know, he played at Duquesne. It was only for 15 games. I think he started 13 of them. They had a shorter season because of COVID, but like he has, you know, film, he has stats, he has things we can look at. He shot, he's played with us for two years and it wasn't the most minutes, but it's mm-hmm. still game film. It's still stats. It's, it's, you know, the whole thing. And Shea hasn't played hardly at all. And when he was like, he was hurt. That was, you know, his trainers and, and everybody was saying that he, when he played, he was hurt. And I don't know how much of that was actually like physically hurt versus the type of thing where like you get hurt and maybe it takes a year to fully heal. And then another year to like, get used to your body again, type of thing. We saw that a little bit with, uh, with Nemius Kata when he first came back mm-hmm. from his injury um, you know, he wasn't quite himself. And then by the time the the tournament game came around, he was, he was back to himself. Um, that was two years ago. So I don't know how much of it was mental versus physical, but everybody's saying like he's fully healthy now and he wasn't last year. So it'll, it'll be very interesting to see. And I agree. I think his, his performance can definitely elevate the ceiling, raise the ceiling. And I think a lot of that's because he's like, the most natural three out of, out of three players we're, we're talking about. And even over Matt Bradley, I think I would take Shea if, you know, if these quotes are true and if he's performing, I would prefer Shea at the three over Bradley. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's really going to dictate his man. He he's got the spot for four, for the next three plus years. Mm-hmm. If he can make a hit, like it. this is, this is his chance. Like the small forward role as the roster is currently constructed is Jay Evans to, to it's up for grabs. Mm -hmm. It's it's Baker and it's Jay. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's so, this is like outside. What are we going to, like, I have no idea what we're going to do. It's I can't wait. I cannot wait for the ball to be rolled out on the court to give us some idea of what's going to happen. Even just for those exhibition games. Hopefully we have some, there weren't any last year, but like, 
Gosh, I even I even like those. And there's always somebody like on Facebook who live streams the game because they're never, you know, on TV. Oh, yeah. And I'm always glued to that. And it's like such bad quality because it's just like a person with their iPhone or whatever, just pointing it at. But like, I don't care. Like, I just love seeing it, like, because that's the first chance we get. Let's uh, let's move on here. We got Keyshaw Johnson is is the last player. And, and, and as you mentioned, like Chad Baker, his best position, it will probably be actually as like a power forward playing that, that four role. Um, I wanted to include him here in the wing section for a couple of reasons. One, I think when he's like, like, like in his final form, right. Um, apex Kashad his, Johnson. his apex Kashad Johnson. I think, I think that's more like a wing player. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the other reason was because from what I was able to see at Swish league, and I wrote about this on the website, it looked like he improved his perimeter game a lot. It looked like he um, improved his ball handling and his shooting. And those were like the main two things. He ran some pick and rolls in Swish League. He was hitting three-point shots. Um, He was able to to drive from the perimeter to the basket and score. And so, and, and, and we've mentioned like all the caveats that come with Swish League and the intensity isn't the same and the talent might not be the same. Um, but it was just, it was very encouraging, I thought. And so like right now, I do think based off of that, I'm kind of in the mind of like, I think Keyshad has a chance to start at small forward and that would put him at that wing spot, which would really help the size of the team too. Now, if the shot isn't falling, uh, maybe the coaches don't decide to do that. Cause you know, we know coach Dutcher likes a lot of shooting. Um, But if it's falling, I don't see any reason why not to play him at the small forward. What are your thoughts about, about starting him there? If Kashad can shoot 35% from three, start him there and don't even look back. He is the best athlete in the entire conference. And I'm telling, like, I'm with you. The, the, the best version of Kashad Johnson is a three and D wing. He's a freak athlete. If he can get his shot down, we're good to go. You, we saw last year how much he grew. He improved arguably as much, if not more than anyone else on the team. He went from a guy who this is a freak athlete who doesn't know how to play basketball to, all right, we see some stuff there. Mm-hmm. There's some growth, right? And I feel like because he had the most to go, there's still this huge area of improvement. And he was running three-point line pick and roll with Butler the entire summer. So the kind of the same way that they were running the high-low pick and roll with Mensa and Pulliam this year like there was clearly a reason why they stuck them together I think it was exactly the same with Butler and with um with Kashad because he can run that PNR offense if because for one he's a roll threat because he can he can dunk on anyone and he's a but lob he, threat and he's a lob threat because no, he's a freak athlete vertical gravity is huge so if he has can get that pick and pop element down you've got the most versatile pick and roll partner with any of our guards and then I really, I really believe that he's going to play a ton this year, a ton. 
I actually was, and we're going to talk later in this closer to tip off. We'll talk about like optimal lineups. This is a guy who's going to be in my starting optimal lineup to maximize our players abilities, but he, he's the one man. He, for me, he's the guy that if, if everything goes as projected, he's probably going to start there. Um, maybe not at the three, because I do think that his best position for our team is, is the four. For sure. Um, but we'll see. I mean, here's the thing when he, he is a true versatile defender. He is the one guy who I think can fill that Matt Mitchell defensive role of I can guard their point guard mm-hmm. or I can guard their center. Mm-hmm. And that's really important in a Brian Dutcher led team because he wants positional f- versatility on defense, maybe not on offense, but he wants it on defense and the best version of Kashad Johnson is the, in my opinion, the most likely thing to happen of the three players. We would need all of them to kind of improve, but I could see Kashad being the most likely to be like that just based on trajectory and he's been playing and we've seen him. Right. So it's an interesting, he's, he's arguably one of the two or three most interesting players on the team because he will play, but where and how Mm -hmm. are complete question marks. Would you, if I were to put you on the spot right now, would you say Keyshawn Johnson is the second leading scorer on the team next year? No, no, no way. No, no, way. no, no. Okay. I think, I think that I just don't think that his, he's a, he's a player where his numbers are going to be the more most important numbers for Keyshawn is What's he shooting on catch and shoot uncontested three pointers? Because that will tell you how frequently our guards are doing their job. I think the second most important stat is, can we get another offensive or another rebounding bump? That was the, the obvious improvement for him was he got aggressive on the boards. Can we, can we get that next, you know, maybe a little few more offensive rebounds. Um, And then what's like, his on-off splits with defense. Cause I really think that he's could be our overall top to bottom best defender. I mean, it's not there yet, but he's got the potential to do so, but I don't think scoring wise he's there. I think the ask this year, it'll be a lot of guys around that 10 ish point range. And then maybe have a, so one guy who's like Bradley Bradley's at like 15. Yeah. 15 to 20. Um, but I think it's going to be, you're going to have like for the offensive numbers for this Aztec team, it's going to be so completely divided. I think you're not going to have like that elite all like number one score. I mean, maybe, maybe Bradley is that. Um, I mean, I think that's what they're hoping for. Right. But for sure. No, but you, you posed me that question. What about you? How do you feel about. So you're like general conclusion. I agree with, right. I, I think Bradley will be, like head and shoulders above everybody else. He'll be the leading scorer. Um, And then after that, there'll be a group of three or four players that are in between like eight and 11 points. Um, I, I may be too optimistic, but I like, if I had to predict, I would say Keyshot is going to be number two or three. Wow. On the scoring. Um, I think the shooting will be there. Like I'm, I'm, it's a projection. Absolutely. But I think, it will be, he shot 33% from three last year and it was a small sample. 
Um, but then combining that with like what I saw at Swish, I think it'll be there, especially if it's wide open catch and shoot stuff. Like at Swish, he was shooting pull up threes, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and so if it's, if it's Pulliam is getting into lane or Bradley's getting into lane and kicking out to him and he's open, like that percentage is just going to go up. So, you know, he hits one or two of those a game. That's six points already. He gets a, a put back a game. You're at eight points plus drawing a foul or two just because he's so athletic and overwhelming people. Mm-hmm. And you're at 10 points right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think it'll be high. Um, I, yeah, I think you. he'll be up there. I, there now that I'm thinking about it, because the thing that I saw in Swish League kind of make if we're going along the lines of what I think in the sense that Pulliam's uh, creativeness and compared that and add that to Lamont's creative play, they both play into Kashad's strengths, which is catch the ball on the perimeter and shoot up open jump shot or attack the basket. And what I saw this summer. He was trying to kill people on dunks. And that is something that that right there, like you said, drawing a foul, mm-hmm. he's going to get something like that because last year it was very much a caught the ball and he was timid, right? He caught the ball and he, what should he have shot some occasions? Yes. A lot of times he was passing up open looks this year. If you just change that from, I don't know what I'm doing to playing confidence or playing confidently. I think you easily could see him score, you know, in that 15 point range, just from that switching mentality. Yeah, no, I, I, I have very, I have very high hopes for Kashad. I was, I was DMing somebody on Twitter earlier and we were talking about like lineups and I was like, I think Kashad's going to start at the three. And then I was like, also though, I may have just talked myself into this like thought of just being big everywhere. And like now yes. I'm married to it and I can't see any other way that this could possibly <laughs> work. It's, um, it's the Kyle Kinslow small ball lineup from last year where yeah. you don't want to see yeah. anything else. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I think I know where you're going with this. And I like that too. So I like that idea too. So I'm, I'm not, we'll talk about that season preview. That, yeah. That that'll be later. Um, Keyshawn, his two highest point totals. He scored 15 against Wyoming on six of eight shooting um, four of six inside the arc two of two outside the arc. And then in the second game where he had like that breakout game and then he kind of disappeared for a little while, he had 14 points on uh, four of eight shooting three of five from behind the arc, one of three inside the arc. Um, Those are the only double digit scoring games, you know, from last season, but I think he'll get more minutes. I think he'll have, uh, you know, a greater role within the offense with his, with his better ball handling and better shooting. So yeah, no, I think that that would be like my hot take is key shot would be second or at worst third leading scorer this year. Yeah, for sure. It's, and that would be if Kashad Johnson is posting numbers to be the second leading scorer on the Aztecs, I think we're probably having a pretty good year. Cause that means he took that leap. Right. And mm-hmm. if he does, you know, like I said, Shea is the guy who is really going to, if he explodes, it, it, that ceiling gets bigger. Mm-hmm. But, well, and then because then, then imagine, right, if Shea is playing well, you play Shea at the three, and then you let Keyshawn play at 
the four, which I think we both agree is his best position, or the same thing with Baker, right? Have Baker play at the four, because now Shea can absorb some of those minutes at the three. And there's like your small ball lineup, right? Keyshot still oh, brings no. the rebounding, that, right? My, guy, my favorite Keyshot, lineup. He's bringing in the yeah. shooting. Like, here's, here, here's my favorite lineup. Here's a, here's a preview. It involves all three of the guys we talked about today. Wow. Okay. There you go. Yes. There you know you me. Go. I love my small ball. You love your, it's, it's so funny <laughs> because you're, you're here preaching small ball and I'm like, let's get as big as possible. Let's no, no, put no, a shot at the point yeah, guard. Yeah. The, the two, the two <laughs> don't necessarily, they're not mutually exclusive. It's, no, it's absolutely, it's, it's the Lakers small ball with Anthony Davis at the five and LeBron mm-hmm. at the four, like you're bigger, stronger, and faster than everyone. You just don't have these positional archetypes, right. That naturally would go small to big. Um, dude, it's, it's going to be fun. Like I'm really excited for this year for nothing else. And I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the last three or four years, we've had an idea this year. You could tell me none of those guys are going to be players and they'll have success. And I'll be like, okay, sure. If we, I, I see, I mean, I had a guy tell me this, this week on Twitter, just like you, which by the way, please DM us, please add us. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm-hmm. love having these conversations. Love I'm it. doing a podcast. We're both normal dudes. We have both have jobs. Like <laughs> we have to talk each other. We, we're texting each other at work about when we're going to record the podcast. We're normal human beings. Please engage with us. I love Love talking to Aztec fans. I had somebody today tell me four guard lineup with four of the guys that we talked about on the pod with Kashad at center. And I was like, okay, man, oh my like I know weed is legal in California, <laughs> but come on. Yeah. I, uh, so, that person might like to know Dutcher commented in an interview a while ago, somebody asked him like, are you going to do a four guard lineup? And his, he didn't say like, yes, but his response was like, we like getting players that are very versatile and can play a lot of positions. So it's definitely a possibility. And honestly, I was like, please don't do a four guard lineup. Like you, have, <laughs> you have so much size on this team. And if you're playing, and granted, it would be a very skilled lineup, right? You got Pulliam Butler, probably like Seiko and Bradley out there. There's a lot of mm-hmm. shooting. There's a lot of ball That's handling, a lot of skill, right? That's why you go small is to get more skilled. But I was like, like there's so much size on this team that would just be getting wasted in that lineup. But then again, you know, in certain situations, maybe that's the move. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's your, there's your wings as tech fans. They're not even really wings. <laughs> they're just <laughs> guys that we have penciled in at the three because they're in this weird hybrid role that you only get in college basketball. And we don't like, we don't have, players that would easily fit there like a Jordan mm-hmm. Shackle or a Matt Mitchell that are like should yeah. be threes yeah right like there's nobody except that. for maybe Shea Evans we don't we don't have that and Shea Evans might be good and might still be last guy off the bench we don't know yeah. so it's it's a tough year for the wing position but also with a lot of potential a lot of excitement hopefully it works out I I believe I believe yeah I think we all do I think it's you know what's funny is when the season ended there, I had like panic for the season, like full on panic. And I think that the coaching staff did a remarkable job of putting together a roster on paper that is better than when it ended last year, like at the end of last year and Mitchell and Shackle were off the team. 
there were tr- legitimate concerns. Now, whether those are actually fixed or actually addressed mm-hmm. when the season rolls around is another thing, but man, I was really scared. I was like, we need to hit the panic button on this year to, all right, I think we can do some damage. And so it's, it's a really good thing. And I think that this conversation around the wings is one of the more interesting on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it should be a very, it should be a thing that Aztec fans think about and keep an eye on all season because all the, one of the, we have guards who do similar things. We have guards that can create. We have guards that are athletic. We have guards that can score. These three players are all incredibly different. They have three distinctly different play styles. They all have different, you know, the best version of Chad Baker is not the same to the best version of Kashad Johnson mm-hmm. or Shea Evans. So just seeing where these talent, this is really the position and the group of people to keep an eye on because they're going to be playing a lot. All three of these guys could play a lot. Yeah. Hopefully all three do play a lot. Hopefully do play a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be great. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else to add. Yeah. I think that was a really quick show on the games next week. We'll, we'll dive into the bigs, right? There's probably really only a few. There's, there's five of them officially. Demarche Johnson probably won't play, so we won't spend a whole lot of time on him. Or, you know, if he does, it'll be garbage time. So we won't spend a whole lot of time on him. Um, but, yeah, next week would be Mensa, Tomajic, Diabate, and a rope. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be, it'll be a great pot again. But Aztec fans, it's good to be back. We're happy to be here. It is up on social. Let's talk about it. Talk to us about the – after we drop this episode, talk to us about the, the threes. Talk to us about the wings. How do you feel? Give us your takes. We want them. We want them all. Want them all. Well, that does it for this one. Aztec fans, we will catch you next time. All right. Go Aztecs.